I mean, does does that make sense to you? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear any of what you said. That's great. It was like it's kind of like Brandon. Bring, burn, burn. Yeah, it was. Does like, that uh, make sense? Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 66 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. If you have not, please subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend. You have some ideas, you want us to talk about something, shoot us an email. Sportspodcast.gmail.com. Just do it. Bye, bye, bye. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, he has his place at the table. Most awesome. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> right through the car windshield. Oh, how are you doing, brother? I'm excellent, sir. I am excellent. We were talking off air. The the close, the chapter close of the, the seven kids mm. under 10 years old are done at the house at the Casa at Mab Studios Mid- Midwest. <laughs> now it's just, just me and the and the, the Trace uh, the Trace Amigos. That's insane. Hit hit us with what was underneath one roof? What was happening? Sure. Sure. So, uh, sister-in-law to you know, sister of Dr. Mrs. The Commish, she came up her here with her uh, three kids, ten-year-old, uh, eight-year-old, and ten-month-old, mm. uh, and then the ten-year-old brought a friend from the neighborhood sure. along with their black lab. So we had, for those that are counting, we had under one roof, we had two ten-year-olds, one eight-year-old. One five-year-old, one almost three-year-old, one ten-month-old, and one four-month-old. And uh, I'm going to put this pre- preemptively right out there. <laughs> uh, sister-in-law of Dr. Mrs. The Commish, MVP of the week, oh, taking yeah. care of all of them. Ooh, nice. While DMTC and uh, your boy, most awesome, went to work. Oh, sounds like a like a madhouse, little little reality TV spinoff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when stuff when stop, when stop stops being uh, fake and gets real, or whatever that tagline <laughs> yeah. is from the real world. Uh, I guess we have a jam packed full episode sixty six. We're gonna hit rip from the headlines. We are talking NBA Finals. Do we have a series? Then we're gonna hit the MAB mm-hmm. inbox for a quick email. Do the Neapolitan Showdown worst celebrity fans? I'm sure you mm. have a guess while we're talking about it. Right, we're right. Gonna hit this game long, one tie-in right there. <laughs> long overdue date night. Come hell or high water, we've been promising it for about a month now. We're gonna dive into the program, and we're gonna finish as we always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Your hour power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, read from the headlines. NBA Finals, do we have a series? Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Because uh, as you're listening to this, uh, you'll probably have already seen game two, but we're talking about it because we've just seen game one mm-hmm. not too long ago. And uh, Toronto, that favorite, mm, coming north. in. Yeah, We are the north. Toronto, Jurassic Park, where you at? Uh, they won 118 to 109 against the series favorite uh, Golden State Warriors. So do we have a series? 
Well, Ooh, here's, I, I we normally they say like, I mean, what's the old adage? Like, uh, it's yeah. really a series when, you know, the road team wins or whatever. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I don't, and it's weird to me. Toronto was favored in this game by a point and a half and ping pong back a little, like back and mm-hmm. forth, but it's still Golden State kind of, you know, uh, 3.5 to 1 favorite to win the series. So I I don't and I think it's in the fashion that they won also. How Toronto won. Like it really kind of wasn't close. It di- it would dip into like sometimes get within like 4 or 3, but mm-hmm. for the majority of time is like kind of in that 7 to 10 point range. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was uh it, it was from a gambling perspective, you're right. It, it's interesting because it's like so they're favored for game 1 yeah, and weird. then they're favored for the series. But it, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then, you know, you have uh, a raucous Toronto uh, stadium there, or the I don't know where the, they play at, uh, the Raptorville. I have no idea the name of that. Drink, everybody. Raptorville. Drink. And they were just on fire, and they were rolling. Because in a couple pods ago, we were talking about, and most awesome, you know, drink for this one too, uh, was talking about how, hey, this is a, this is going to be a Milwaukee Bucks sweep here. They're, they're up 2-0. Yeah. And then the Raptors just started rolling, rattled off four in a row, and kept that momentum heading into game one. Yeah, I was trying to say with, like, a team that is, you know, uh, finished with the best record. Or not the best. What, the third best record in the league? Second the Raptors, best. Raptors, second best. The Raptors, yeah, second best. Uh, and a strong home thing. Like, just those odds and not getting back to the odds and we'll bail on this. I just want to hit it yeah. is the fact that yeah, that's basically Vegas saying that Golden State's going to take two on the road. Now, if they because if they're a dog in the first game, then they got to win yeah. win two in Toronto, yeah. and that's that's nuts to be the odds odds on favorite. Yeah, they're saying that the momentum will carry for that game one win, and then Golden State will win four out of the next six. Okay, what's the biggest? Which is yeah, go ahead. Which is crazy. Yeah, what's the biggest uh, takeaway from that game one that you just kind of shocked you? Oh, uh, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was huge. I was looking down at it. So for those who don't know, his stat line was 14 of 17. Uh, Two for three from three-point line. Eight boards, five assists, two blocks, 32 points. And there was a stretch where he took over that game, and that's where it really separated. The first first quarter, they were pretty tight, but about halfway through the second, through about halfway through the third, listen to this. I I was looking at it. It was 41-40 with 5.51 left in the second. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam scores uh, in the next like 13 and a half minutes, 21 points. He had five shots made, five buckets made, three feet and under. He had a lot of runouts, yeah. like in transition. Um, 21 points in that little span really carried him. They finished. They were up 11 at that point, 79-68, with about four minutes left in the game. And and you know that's where golden state was going to make a run you know they got the yep. dust off or the rust off in, in that first quarter second quarter they started a little bit more momentum third quarter you know they're about to hit full speed but here comes pascal siakam and just kind of you know put tamping them down tamping down those warriors yeah it definitely seemed like I, I don't want to get like everything falling for the raptors would probably be like an overstatement but it just seemed like a lot of those maybe 50 50 calls i felt they were getting like a lot of whistles like some questionable mm-hmm. like charge calls, and then they were just like they were finishing the bucket. I think he had your boy had that finish. It was like kind of, it looked like playground hoops. I mean, he was like four feet out sailing past the basket, but it was almost like behind his back yeah. over his head. Bang! It was just like when that yeah. falls, it's like fuck it, this is this is over. Right, that shot, the Van Vliet shot, uh, Van Vliet shot at like the end, at, like the middle of the fourth quarter where he just like double pumped and like it just this it, th- those kinds of shots are when you know when the Warriors sit there and say, no matter what we've got, we don't have that. Cause sometimes you just come up against a team and they just can't not make a basket. Yeah. Well, it's also afraid. Like, uh, I mean, 
Kawhi didn't have an insane game, and it definitely looked like, to me, Golden State wanted to keep him under control, and uh, the same on the opposite end of the court. They wanted to keep kind of Steph Curry under control, and he was driving a lot of the, like, to the basket and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think my big question is, is Golden State in trouble? Like, is hmm. this loss, like, a bigger thing? Like, obviously, I want to get into it also. We'll talk – we'll save the subset of KD for a few minutes from now. Sure, But not sure. getting that yet. Like, is this – is it – I mean, you're – you know, you're on the road. It's game one. Like, you're a little rusty. You got to kick off the dust. Like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. But when you're going up against, you know, the kind of performance we've seen, are there enough weapons on Golden State's side to really make a run and get in this championship? Yeah, I totally think so. If you really look at it, like, big picture-wise, they only lost by nine. And even with all that Siakam run that we were talking about, they finished out – they were with, like, in like one three at the end of the third quarter from being down two or yeah. th uh, three points. So, um, yeah, I don't think that they're in a, in a bad spot. They started off playing poorly in the first quarter, weren't making buckets, and then they were just really loose with the basketball. They had 16 turnovers in the game. So it's one of those things. It's like you kind of tighten those things up. You get back on defense. You don't let so many runouts from Siakam and these guys. And then – you know what, I, I, if I'm the Golden State Warriors game two, which we'll see on Sunday night, you know, and this will be interesting if this is what they do, you, you, you almost say like, all right, Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, but let's not let Siakam, yeah. uh, Danny Green, uh, Marcus Saul get into a rhythm early. Let's try and take them out early because, like, if you look at, if you look at Van Vliet, Gasol, and uh, not, not Siakam, Van Vliet, uh, Van Vliet, Gasol, and Danny Green – they had 46 points, shot 15 of 27 from the floor. Yeah, like those guys are going to kill you because Golden State, they they they're they're searching for their Van Vliet. They're searching for somebody to come off the bench. They don't have that right now. So take those guys away, get them out of their rhythm, and then just realize that Kawhi, you know, make him do what he did against Philly and 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 have to one man band it on offense. Yeah, that's a good point because I think that I think that's a lot of what I saw too. Is Kawhi they would you know collapse on him or double team if he got inside the yep. three-point line and then it was just like two quick passes and then you know wide open layups exactly all right do we see kevin durant in this series so i don't think i think he's doubtful for game two if i if, if everything is saying it is right now and we're uh, yeah i think, it, I think it's officially Saturday. out i think I saw that he's officially morning. out yeah. okay yeah so um yeah i i that's one of those things we were we were texting back and forth and I, you know I, we said this earlier on the podcast we kind of alluded to we we're like i think this is a smoke screen this is something like they immediately ruled him out for this like arbitrary time period yeah we called I, it we I, called it way back in the day like when it's like the last series we were just like this is weird yeah, it doesn't pass the smell test, and I think it's just one of those things where they're just kicking the can down the road to try and avoid this huge media hype of, like, what happens now without KD? Yeah. So I, I don't know if we see him back in a Warriors uniform, which is, the, which is a whole huge subplot in and of itself, because I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to get back to it. And then if he does, you know, is he really going to be, you know, risking uh, career injury uh, for three or four games that they're down like 3-1. Yeah, and this is a question I've been burning to ask you, and I know we texted oh, okay. about it a little bit, so I want to hit it. Uh, <laughs> well, so first I want to say I, I, I agree with you. I don't think KD comes back. I think it is like I, risk versus reward of like coming back and like put it if – it's, if it's been this bad that he has to sit down and he can't get back for like the NBA finals and he's a competitor, then it's – I mean, there's no reason to like jeopardize something not healing. Question on that is – if Golden State wins, what does that ring mean to Kevin Durant? Mm, yeah, I, it's like it's one of those things. Does where he correct like people at like dinner parties where they're just like four times? He's just like, 
I have four rings. Technically, it's three. Or like, well, you know, whatever. He he three. Yeah, 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 yeah. This would be his third <laughs> ring. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I wonder if. I, I think it goes the other way. Like, I think he's like, all right, well, I was on the team that won 57 games. I helped dominate through the Clipper series and, and most of the Rocket series. Uh, I contributed. How is this any different than any, like, guy that get, gets injured in the middle of it and the team rallies behind it and goes on to win, you know, as I'm rooting on from the sideline? Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's different because you're, like, those are, like, the, you know, are you, like, one of the top five players in the NBA? Sure, and there's there's a, there's much drama surrounding his impending free agency and to begin and with. why he came to Golden State, which was to get chips, right? And he got two and two Finals MVPs, and then his third one. I think, I think in any normal circumstance, we'd sit there and be like, "Oh, this is great," but in the KD circumstance, we're like, "Oh, well, they can do it without you if they win again." And basically, your two your two rings have a little bit of that KD Steph. Or excuse me, Clay, Steph, Draymond, asterisk next to it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, ah, eh. because because are we saying why? You know, are we saying the same thing about Demarcus Cousins? Like he's gonna keep that ring if he gets it, and no one's gonna be like, oh yeah, Demarcus Cousins, he won a championship. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah, I think I think it's just this perfect combination of why he came to Golden State, and then all this lining up, and also the the kind of murmurs of you know Golden State's chip on their shoulder internally. To want to show yes. that they were Golden State long before like Kevin Durant got here. Yeah, and that Draymond KD argument way back in the beginning of the season is uh, is ever so magnified and is kind of the, the 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 capsule of or the synopsis of what's at the crux of this issue because they feel it as much as we see it and that's why that's why we question it and that's why we're talking about it right now because it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting subplot and it has nothing to do with basketball <laughs> nothing at all all right real bro- uh, real fast brother after your insight on game one be able to check it out how does this series finish and who walks with it I, I well we said on insta and I, i'm just gonna and this is also too this reminds me of a, like when we talked when we had our our pre-nba season talk yeah I was talking a little oh, on the Toronto Raptors. I know. Here, here we go. Here we, we go. go. And then I got wishy-washy. I got caught up in the momentum of all everyone talking about the Bucks and the Warriors. And I forgot about talking about the Raptors and my man. I was talking about Kawhi and all this stuff. I, I need to really stick to my guns. And if anything has taught me about this on this podcast is really stick to my instincts and my guns. You walked away from the from the mic and you're like, <laughs> all right, he's just going to go off for like three minutes. Man, I, just, I, just, I needed something to wash this bullshit down with. <laughs> Check the tape. <laughs> Check the tape. No, no. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like the KD of this podcast. Um. So anyway, so, uh, so yeah. I, I think I, I think it is the Raptors. I, I I love the idea of Kawhi, and I love the 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 drama that would ensue in the offseason. Does he stay or does he go if they win it? So I still think I still think Raptors in seven. I like it. I like the underdog pick. Um. There's so much to bank on, though, or to, to, to factor in that we just don't know if Katie comes back or if uh, Golden State figures it out. Um, game two, Sunday night, will be very interesting. I'm sure I'll see you on the text lines, brother. All right, I know you want to talk about the program. We have to talk about the program. So yes. i got to pull you out of ripping the – I hate to do it, brother. I want you to know it pains me. I could sit here <laughs> all day listening to you quote yourself on where you're right, but unfortunately we just don't have that kind of time. <laughs> all right. M A B inbox. Uh, subject line: The Weasel. The creator of the comedy store on Sunset Strip, Sammy Shore, died recently. His son, Paulie Shore, is a legend to me. What's your favorite Paulie Shore movie? Oh, good. Ooh. Email. So we have to assume out of the gate that you have a favorite Paulie Shore movie. What were you back in the day? Were you pro Paulie Shore? You might have been a little old for his antics. 
No, no, no. You no, good? I okay. was right. Sweet spot? I was square. I was squarely in Sweet that. Spot? Okay. Um, I think son-in-law, I think is the best one. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed that the most. I think I like the, I think that was the funniest one to me. Biodome was kind of garbage with, uh, the, the, the Baldwin brother. Yeah, so let me, let me give, you, give you the rundown. Cause you are correct. Okay. So he basically, uh, for whatever Polly Shore sold and sold the dev for his career lasted about as long <laughs> as you think it would. It was four movies over the span of four years. I think we can look at the major, the. Pauly Shore era. You had Son-in-Law in 1993, In the Army, now in 1994, Jury Duty right. in 1995, Biodome closing it out as it would Oof. in 1996. That was rough. That Biodome pick was rough. Yeah, I don't think I caught it. Is that is that other Baldwin? Is he an actor? I, he is. Okay. Yeah. It's, All right. Just, it's the, it's the one that has the 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 most features under his belt. I All think. Right. Oh, you, oh, he's Usual Suspects, right? Yes, his usual suspects, Baldwin. Yep, exactly. And uh, and it's a terrible flick. That's a terrible flick. Yeah, not good. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's just, you know, let's be honest. Like, he, Paulie Shore, he found, he found his shtick. And yes. then I think anything like that that's almost like kind of a, a character within a character, uh, you know, it, it runs its fan. It's, it's hard. Cause, and, uh, and let's not forget about Paulie Shore, like the shtick. That was like so. Talk about in my generation. That was squarely in the mid to late '80s on MTV. Like that whole that, before he got into movies and he was doing the whole Weasel and Buddy and all that other stuff. And like the MTV Spring Breaks, like oh, a yeah, young yeah. most awesome. Like, yeah. you know, had some moments with that with that with that uh, run on uh, MTV there. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so it was like that's where he kind of built this little following and they're like hey this guy like 19 to 25 year olds love this dude i don't know why but let's put him let's slug him in the movie with some so, hot chicks and some goofy antics yeah so he was like a um oh man we're just not going to talk about the program we're going to accidentally spend no, 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 30 no, no. minutes talking about no no but i do want to get into it so what is it? he was a stand-up comedian and then he was just like a vj on for like mtv spring break and then yep when that used to be an actual like path to movie stardom success yeah exactly and then he was he was yeah he was pre-carson daily and all that other stuff and then you know he was just kind of like they put him in remote settings and like hey you know just be be funny and be weird and like do whatever the kids are are doing these days and uh i mean he was like a a true mtv icon they tell stories about him just getting mobbed everywhere he goes like young women in the late 80s like love them some Pauly shore yeah uh, so I'll agree with you, son-in-law. I have a little – he was the – which I brought up before on this podcast, a goofy movie. He was the voice of Max's best friend, Bobby. Ooh. Leaning Tower of Cheesa. I don't know if you remember that. He does the cheese. but uh, So I, I'll put goofy movie as my number one if we're counting it, son-in-law number two. Uh, I think and I'm I've, actually – what do you got? There's a, did, we, did you mention Encino Man? I just remembered Encino uh, Man. Did I, you, you know, I looked at the list. Yeah, I think that was 92. I checked that out. But right. I, I didn't include it in his run because he was kind of – was he? He wasn't a lead in that, right? Like he was kind of. Brendan Fraser was the lead. He was there. He was the you know wheezing the he's you know wheezing the juice. I remember that that line from that. But uh, that's that's probably the second best one for for Pauly Shore. But that's really a, a Brendan Fraser vehicle. Yep. Uh, so as long as everyone remembers, we are not doubling down on Biodome. That's a hard. Ooh, you know what? Hard pass. Be a good hour sour right there. Biodome. Ooh. Dog ear that. Things Dog ear that. just got interesting. And real quick, I just want to just throw this out there to the to the emailer that wrote that. So Sammy Shore D 
did create the the comedy store. Yes. But Mitzi was the Mitzi one that made yep. it is it what it is today. He actually and in their divorce uh, basically gave the rights to it. Um, if you're if you're interested in the whole comedy store world, there's a great show on Showtime called I'm Dying Up Here. Yep. My boy Brandon Forgreed played uh, played Richard Pryor in that. Shout out. And uh, there's a doc coming out by Mike Binder in 2020 on the comedy store. But I, I'm, I digress. Let's no, get no, into not digress at all. some Thanks, other things. Brother. That's awesome. Yeah, check that out. Uh, all right, guys, we are going to. Uh, I look up at the sky. Is it? Is it fucking high noon, brother? Ooh! Bring us to that jam! So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Politan Showdown. What started out as rings of fucking ice cream flavors has turned into, I mean, it's a craze. It's almost like Neapolitan Showdown mm-hmm. is like the Pauly Shore late 80s, early 90s MTV. It's just like sure. getting mopped. It's insane. Exactly. Everyone's ripping it off. Neapolitan ice cream flying off the shelf. We are ranking the worst celebrity fans. Mm. Oh, okay. And, and it, we should also put it like a little like dot, dot, dot. This is because Drake is a douche for Toronto Raptors. Correct. Okay, so let's talk about it. Is Drake on the list? I couldn't decide if we were including Drake or not. I, I can't. I almost can't sit there and say, like, Drake and Spike Lee. Because, like, yeah. I almost want to say, like, Spike Lee, like, has passed the baton to Drake. You know, and those those classic Knicks years and the, the Reggie Miller, like, choke stuff. Yeah. Now Drake is, like, trolling and getting into it courtside with Draymond Green and wearing a, a, a Del Curry, Steph Curry's father's jersey when he played in Toronto that was signed. Yeah. Which I don't really understand how that's a troll. That makes kind of you look like a fanboy, right? I don't really Yeah, I mean, I like, I like that move. <laughs> I think it's just like, yeah. it's kind of like, it's just t- taking, like, factual stuff. It's not like you're screen printing a T-shirt and, like, superimposing something. It's just like... He played in Toronto. Them's the right. facts. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But I don't really know how that gets under Steph Curry's goat. That's, that's all I'm saying. Okay. That's true. Okay. So I'm going to – this started off. So I'm going to put – I want to put Drake as my number one. But whatever. Uh, Neapolitan Showdown is what it is. I'm going to start with num- number one. Here's my problem with Drake. My problem with okay. Drake is – and I wasn't going to include him on the list, but I wanted to talk about it. So it needed to eat up some of that time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's – I don't believe his fandom 100%. It seems to be more about him. Than it is about him actually like loving the team and wanting them to win. Like it's just hundred percent. It's, it's pulling 100%. way too much focus for it to be like. I get fandom. I get like I've watched Vikings games decked out in Vikings things and like been loud and nuts. Like when I'm in a bar. Like I'm, but if I'm like on seat one row one, like it's just I can't walk around. I can't give the coach a shoulder rub. That's insanity. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy and it's just like it just seems to be pulling a lot of attention. It's just like man, you're you're not part of the team. If you want to be an assistant coach, apply for the job, I guess, and then you can sit right. like over there. Yeah, and I, I that's the thing that I think that is a constant theme is, is I really don't like when the celebrity inserts themselves as if that they're part of a, the cog in the wheel that helps this team win or or, or grow. Yeah, and I and I really don't. I really don't like that. And also, too, Drake has, like, notoriously been such, like, a bandwagon fan from Kentucky basketball, Conor McGregor. Uh, you just keep going down the list of all the t- all the teams that he's rooted for that ultimately have lost because of it. But it's like, Drake, like, stay in your lane, bruh. Like, just pick a team, yeah, did, yeah. like it, root for it. Like, I don't care what team you pick for, but just stay in there. Did they have a 
did they have a conversation with Drake? I mean, I think the someone said, I don't know if it's the NBA commissioner, but someone said they had talked to him. Because game one also, to me, he was noticeably, like, in his seat. Oh, really? And not, like, yeah, not, like, walking around. Like, I heard, I don't, and I should have checked the source on it, but somebody said that they were, like, someone had had a conversation with Drake after, like, the whole, like, shoulder rubs thing and just, like, that Milwaukee sure. game where it's just like, geez, man, are you like like a sixth man on the court? Are they going to get like a penalty here? Like, like get fucking right. relaxed. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's getting a little out of out of hand here, but uh, yeah, and that's the thing is, so so let's get into it. So that was your 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 one sure yeah whatever one v one that, that would technically that would be my one as well too, but uh, but I've got I've got a litany of lists of people on here okay, that I can pull great. from. I figure so. Hit me with one. What do you got? Hit me. I'm, go- I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with number three. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, another celebrity, another Canadian celebrity who is uh, transitioned here to the U.S. I'm going with Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yep, on my list. Yep. Total bandwagon fan. Group is a Maple Leafs uh, uh, fan, growing up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And then I guess when they were playing the Penguins, switched to a Penguins jersey and then had this great tweet was like, well, if, uh, you know, I'm going to wear the, if if I'm whack because I wear another team's jersey because they gave it to me because they love me so much, then I guess I'm whack. And I just love the fact that it was like, because they love me so much, like that got like wedged in there. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, Yeah, a little Bieber Trumpish right there. Yeah, Yeah, I like, uh, so here's my thing, and I, I thought you would appreciate this. So I looked at different reasons I went for it, and Bieber got my bandwagon fan award because he yeah. had uh, there's pictures of him in a Lakers jersey and a Lakers hat with. So here's the thing, also I want to do. They, so there's a picture of him in Orlando's Magic hat, which yeah. just because you wear a different, like you know, I'm doing the stadium tour, like just because you wear a different, t- like you have like a Yankees hat on now, like yeah, if it doesn't, I don't have a problem with that hat. But when you're like right. decked out on sidelines at their home games, especially like in like playoff games or something, then it's like then you're switching sides and you're bandwagon. So he had that. Yes. He had that. He had like decked out in heat gear. So I'll give yep. I'll give a pass for a hat. But if you're wearing hat and jersey, like or hat and shirt matching, then you're you're saying you're a fan to me. Like if you yeah. if you had a Yankee shirt on right now with that Yankees hat, I'd be like, who the fuck are the Yankees playing? And are you like you're a huge Yankees fan? <laughs> like what's going? Right, on? Right, right. <laughs> but you just wearing a hat. It's just like hey, I just grabbed a ball cap. Yeah, exactly. I like I like different sports paraphernalia. Yes, um, yes. But my allegiance is when I if I was to go to a Yankees Tigers game, I'm wearing a Tigers hat, or I'm not wear I'm definitely yes. not wearing Yankees gear. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm making a concerted effort to it. I have Notre Dame apparel. I happen to like Notre Dame, but I root for Michigan. Yeah, and when the postseason starts, like the baseball postseason, if the Yankees are in it and the Tigers aren't, you don't all of a sudden become like a Yankees fan. No, no. I mean, I, I, you know, my all my my in laws are all Yankees fans. Like, I'll watch the game, and I won't like actively boo the Yankees. Sure. But I won't be like, oh, they better get this. This is a huge run. You know, yeah. I just like sports for sports. Yep. It's all good, bro. No one's attacking you. Thanks, I man. Get all it. right. Yeah. All I right. All right. I'm getting heated. <laughs> Am I on this list? <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, they wrap up a couple of ours. So the Beavers, uh, they cancel out. You better believe. What's what's next on your list? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Kevin Hart. This guy is a, a supposed diehard Philly fan. Never seen him really until he's kind of caught a little bit of press. Never heard, heard heard him really talking about it until he's like been in the 15th summer movie, summer comedy. First off, can we also say that Kevin Hart like overrated? Yeah, yeah, is he can, overrated. Yeah, can we also Su- put uh, yeah when talking about Kevin Hart comedies, we can go ahead and put comedies in quotes. 
burn. Right, right, roasted, right. Exactly. He just makes he makes statements aggressively, and then people think they're funny. So I've never heard like an actual joke out of him. But anyways, I digress again. Uh, try to put, here's here's my biggest thing is like aggressive Philly fan. Eagles win the Super Bowl. He aggressively tries to push his way up on the oh, on, on I stands. About that, yeah. Like he said, and he's like, "Oh, I was all drunk and laughing about it or whatever." It's like, no, man, you think you're that big enough to be in that moment, yeah. and they care to even see with you or oh, to gosh. to have you up there and be be part of that moment. It's not your place, bro. Not your place. That sounds humiliating. That's uh, yes. that's a great that's a great point. I forgot about it. Like it's just ooh, awkward, awkward. It's exactly what we're talking about. It's like pulling a little of the focus. Excellent, bro. Uh, Kevin Hart stands at five foot four, so I'll give you fifty-four <laughs> points for that. Ooh, Guys, like we'd love it. to hear. Also, uh, why don't you email us in the celebrity fans you can't stand the most and the most awkward things you've seen them done? Hit us at mabsportspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, all right, brother. We should each have one more on the list. Uh, I'll go into mine right now. I, I'm going with. So, like I said, I had the buckets, like pulling focus bucket, bandwagon uh, bucket, and this is. Rooting for a school you didn't fucking go to. Ooh, okay. I like it. And I went with Snoop Dogg on the sidelines of USC. Snoop Dogg in my two. Because it was like, I don't like when you cause confusion. I don't mind. Like, you can root for schools you didn't go to. I I don't mind that. You can like certain colleges. Like, we have friends, you know, like, I think Notre Dame is probably a famous one. Like, you like Notre Dame. You didn't go to Notre Dame. But right. like, uh, I didn't go to Michigan either. I'm too dumb. Exactly. You, you didn't go to Michigan because you're stupid. Like, uh, <laughs> somehow you thought my college GPA was 2.8. I don't know. We'll, we'll forget about it. We'll, We're we'll on the podcast together. I just, I just <laughs> transfixed it or whatever the word is. I told you I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, but sitting on the sideline, we're like decked out in all the gear and acting like you're part of the team. It's just that's super bandwagon to me, and it's super like doesn't ring true. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, have you really been there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm glad you did that because I had I had a couple people with the colleges on there. Uh, I'm not gonna say her name, or I'm not gonna. She's not my number one, but Katy Perry is very much in that with the old Miss. Like, yes, Katy Perry. Like, what's your story? Who? who? Yeah, showing up like game day. Oh yeah, we're talking. Yeah, showing up. Yeah. The run. yeah. Oh, that was Little Wayne. Yeah, I made a note about Little Wayne. Wayne, being like exactly. the, kind of the bandwagon, but like making the rounds as a bandwagon fan. Like when you're Katy Perry. I'll give a little bit more of a pass to. I know we're going through constellation bracket. I'll give right. a little bit more of a pass to because it's whatever, but it's like showing up in like the pink and the 88. And it's like, all right, you're, you're trying to do that. But as soon as you start doing the round of shows, like you're presenting yourself as someone that follows sports. And it's for like right. little Wayne to do like, not around the horn, but whatever he was doing, like first take in the morning, or something it's like, okay, now like, and to be a bandwagon in that arena is, is nuts to me. Yeah, and it, and it, you can see through it real quickly yes. if you're a, yep. even an average sports fan. So I'm going to go my my counter to your like, hey, you didn't even go to this school. I'm going to go with someone who went with this school, uh, the lovely, uh, the I wanna talented. Guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. Actually, guess it. Uh, yes, it is. Ooh, oh, dang it! Why can't? Uh, nope, I'm not. We'll sit. We'll see her all day. Okay, because you can't remember her name, but I think you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Miss Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd, yeah. Kentucky, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, Kentucky basketball, like, I get it. She's a fan. Uh, she is, like, a lunatic on the <laughs> sideline. You do, you want to talk about, like, pulling focus and all this stuff. Like, she sits in the stands with the students and, like, aggressively yells at the, the refs. Like, as, I get it. She's as diehard as they could be. But, hey, Ashley Judd, you're Ashley. Let's not forget that you're Ashley Judd, yeah. right? Like, let's not forget this. And you're just, you're you're over the top. You're just, you're. I get it. You bleed blue. 
but come on, really? Like you can, there are plenty of fans that are celebrities. Like I don't see Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, like screaming at the umps, like freaking out and like, you know, <laughs> sure. posting I Instagram posts, like going nuts on it. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, you know, oh, I was going to say Maria Menounos, but she did get kicked out of a game, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, but yeah, she, you know, I don't see these people, Selena Gomez, who's like a Lakers San Antonio fan. Like I don't see them just going like hog wild. Like you go on the sidelines for, for that. And then when Kentucky wins, like then it's always the gratuitous, like where's Ashley Dud, Judd and like where's she all decked out and really, she really rooting on the team. Like, okay, okay we get it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cool with, okay. So I'm cool with losing your shit. I do that, especially like if you're, you know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck losing your shit at like a Red Sox, like, you know, baseball game in July. It's like get your shit under control. Here's my question right. for Ashley Judd while we're back you up. Does she sit in the student section all the time? I think she does it like a fair bit, like especially in like big games. So, like she so that's, gets in it. Yeah, that's, that's too And that's one that's of those things that could be like plus or minus. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that sounds cool. But then it's like, ah, uh, really? Like. You're leading the cheers and you're going nuts. Like, come on, dial it back. Be an adult. Let the kids have the th- kids yeah, things. Yeah, th- that's what I, that's what I would say. I would say like, I, act like you've been there. It's not quite quite the right phrase, but maybe like I don't be like I think it's funny if it's like once a season or you know like a big game or like not even not even the biggest game because I think that detracts from it. So it almost have to be like I I don't know the kickoff game to the conference tournament or whatever. Like get in the student section then, but to like constantly do it the entire time is just like then to me it starts to be more about like you being in the student section than it is really about yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah, because you know that they're going to find you on the court because look at this. This beautiful A-list celebrity is mucking it up with the, with the student sections. She's just like us. It's like the, the people's version of like she's just, you know, the, the celebrities are just like us thing. It's like, yeah. oh, look at her pounding beers. <laughs> uh, all right, Ashley Judd, that was seven seconds of dead airtime. Me trying to remember what her name was plus the <laughs> five feet four inches. That puts you squarely at a solid 61 points. Uh, then we have the Bieber tie. Uh, are you a Bieber? No. Okay. Uh, Copy that. Uh, we neither believers. Uh, do do yeah, I use Drake. I did it. I thought of. All right. Uh, most awesome. That's the victory for you. Congrats, Woo! brother. Congrats. I, I do. My buckets were tight. They were nice, but. Uh, yeah, I, you didn't, depth. You didn't have Kevin, to, I think Kevin Hart was a separator. Yeah, you didn't have to play the Drake card. I played the Drake card, and it was just because I wanted to talk about Drake. All right, uh, our friend Chris Allen made a little jam for us. It's time for date night, finally. Bring us to that jam. Oh, yeah, it's the map date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this pod fucks. I said this pod Oh yeah, this hot fuck. All right, brother. M A <laughs> stretching, loosen, stretching out uh, for this baby. I think I hit the mic. M A B date night. You want to do this? Usually we do things a little bit on the softer tee up. Went <laughs> went dark. Nineteen ninety threes. The program. Why'd you pick this movie, mm. bud? Oh, because this is a, a, a classic, <laughs> a favorite for most awesome as a kid. I've got four pages of notes here. Let's run down those tent poles again for the audience so they know. Absolutely. Uh, tent poles, we're going to be hitting. We're going to touch uh, initial thoughts. And then that's a little bit in the does it hold up. Toughest plot pills to swallow. Favorite lines. Where are they now? And they're going to rate this one to five air horns. 
air horn sounds yeah. like this. Bow, 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 bow. That would be <laughs> four air horns. Uh, there you go. All right, buddy. So you you fired up your VCR, put in the VHS, went back, right. grabbed a bucket of popcorn. Does this movie hold up? Yeah, we kind of talked about. Whoop! I lost my my earphones. Hold on one second. Technical oh, difficulties. T- oh man. I'm so excited. I, I knocked <laughs> off my headphones. Oh shit! All right, there we go. You want to you want to clap that off again, or you want to just take it? No, no, they'll be fine. Oh, we're leaving it they'll in be there. Fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You dropped some headphones. So excited behind the scenes. Uh, I uh, yes, I love this movie growing up, and I think does it still hold up? Yes, because we talked about it uh, earlier. It's like none of the a lot of the themes are exactly the same as they are in college football today. Yeah. You've got steroids and drug abuse you've got you know aggressive behavior off field you've got kids getting pushed through for poor grades you've got disinterested coaches or guys that are just trying to keep their jobs and the only thing that we really didn't get into oh we got you know does should athletes get paid and the only thing that we really didn't touch on is is like just the um you know, just the 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 amounts of the gobs of money that generate for the schools themselves to have a winning program, although it was hinted at a little bit in those early scenes. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, what's that Clemson coach, Sweeney? Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Man, his quote, like a pretty arrogant quote, like just getting like talk about like kids getting paid. He was just like, yeah, as soon as kids get paid, then I guess I'll look like for another business or something else. Like, yeah, that's just well, like, it's really insane to me for. If I mean, if he was like clearing like whatever forty five thousand dollars a year, and he has that attitude, but to have like a three million dollar contract or whatever it is, is like oh, it's even more than that now. I mean, after the national champions, he's up in like the seven, eight, nine million dollar really. Damn. Yeah, oh no, no, and that's the same thing. And Saban said this a while ago too, and it's like, well, I think you have a vested interest in not getting paid because I think in some way, shape, or form, you think it's going to come out of your end a little bit, yeah. which it it could entirely be. Well, it, it almost becomes like this godlike mentality where they're just like, oh, like I created this and almost like, I don't want to get too deep, but it's like, uh, yes, yeah, like all these people work for you. And if it wasn't for you, none of this would exist. And that's crazy. Like right. the university exists. You have that job. Sure. Like, and it's, it's what comes first. You know, I think you do establish like a tradition and a culture of winning. And then it's a lot easier to pull like winners to your school. That's why I think flying off the map gets really scary, but it's. Uh, it's you just you don't have a, a keen understanding of what's going on like a real like you're you're just your reality skewed if you really think players should be paid and compensated for what's going on right and and, and if you think that it's going to infringe upon what you're doing or that it's going to hurt i mean right now there's all, tons of behind the scenes stuff that we know that's going on that is basically you're basically just saying like well, let's just pull the curtain back and let's make it up on 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 the upfront and you're by by virtue of that you think that that is going to somehow way shape or form sully what you have to do or make players more you know like free agents and just going for the best deal guess what it's already happening we have a transfer portal for the ncaa men's basketball and college football where they people just watch and say like oh who entered the portal now and maybe they'll go and just transfer to other schools like we have it now Dabo. yeah uh saban like we already have it all we're saying is like let's cut the bag men out and let's cut the the agents and the shoes the shoe companies out and let's just put it up on the the forefront Let's look at it and just call it is what it is for what it is. Dude, okay, so I, I said, and we're gonna actually get back to the fucking, yeah, the, no, fucking no, movie. Th- this isn't the program. <laughs> I know, I, know like, I like it. I like it. We should do that. We should do an MAB fixes on players getting paid because I think you know. Yeah. You and I've talked offline about this and a little bit on the pod. I think the biggest thing is 
I wrap it up with one statement, and it's just like, just because something is really, 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 really complicated to figure out doesn't mean it doesn't need mm-hmm. to be figured out. Right. And I think a lot of people's default is just like, oh, I don't know how it's going to work. So right, we'll right. just like, like you said, kick the can down the road. And it's just like, it needs to solve. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, so let me get, so is this part of what put the program, I'm sure in 1993, you were sitting at a healthy 13, 14 years old, probably like uh, following a lot of college ball and stuff. This probably hit you in that sweet spot, just about like what's yeah. going on kind of behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, playing football, you know, loving the football scenes, the trash talk, all this. I was like, yes, man, this is where it's at. And it, it hit me squarely in that, <laughs> you know, teen testosterone-filled teenage years. So here's a big question to me. Like, is this movie dark? So right now, like, I, I don't say – to me, like, it, it does hold up for a lot of what you said. It hits the same uh, kind of premises that is, like, not thought through as maybe they should be. It seemed a little on the nose. Like kind of going back and really watching it, like some of the things, it's just like, you know, um, the steroids thing, the kind of like Joe Kane drinking. Yeah. The, yeah. Joe Kane drinking, like the, uh, the backup quarterback, like with the, you know, coach's girlfriend. I, so to me, this movie starts out as comedy and I don't know if it's cause like I'm a little older now and just like a little bit more set my ways and have a thicker skin. But then at 36 minutes, like the piss swap is when it turns bad news bears. (laughs) <laughs> like oh, a, right. when he pulls when he pulls the cylinder out of the toilet roll. Yeah, because yeah. that's when things are just like, all right, like this. I think that's when it's just like he's endangering his health or whatever. Like he's he's cheating in some fashion. That's that's when it got nuts to me. Yeah, and it's like I'm glad they just didn't go with like the Wizenator. I don't think the Wizenator was like built back then in '93, no. where yeah. it's like the the fake penis. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was like one of those things. It's like holy shit, man. I was just like, as a 13 year old, I don't think you see the gravity. No differently, like the whole Latimer thing it's like this guy is just like nuts and then obviously like he he lets his coach down and you see like it's basically like the latimer storyline is a giant psa like anti-steroid psa for everything that happens and we've seen it and we mentioned ben affleck ben affleck was in like a like a made for tv movie where he had like a roid rage thing and like attacked a girl latimer does the same thing he's cheating and then at that final scene where uh, Latimer, uh, he's got his face painted like a sugar oh, yeah, skull candy. Or, yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, so, yes, sir. Man, okay. I don't know. All this stuff's going to be safe. Yes, uh, the PSA, and it is like, uh, you know, it's the first movie where I saw someone shooting a needle in their ass. And they'd be like, hey, yeah. what's the score with that? Yeah, how does that work? Turns out subcutaneous. To be roids. Uh, all right, 44-minute mark, Darnell gets an envelope of cash, $50. <laughs> Is it more than fifty these days? I just like exchange system. Like how much? How much is that envelope? Right. What's yeah? What's that in today's dollars? That's like seventy three fifty. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Mack breaks his leg. I think another one kind of just on the nose. So the big question I want to hit for you right now is: Does James Kahn have control of this team? Right. Slash, is he a good coach? Right. I don't think he's a good coach. Well, first off. We talked about this, like he's in that Bobby Bowden, like kind of, you know, Joe Paterno-esque camp of like, he's just a figurehead. Yeah. The, 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 the assistants are doing everything and he just shows up. They even had that scene in the beginning when he goes to, to recruit Darnell. They're like, they're like downloading him yep. all the highlights. Like he had a 108 yard touchdown run against this high school yeah. and he comes in there and he just sells it. And he's like, that was the greatest. Yeah. And it's really what you kind of envision these, these college coaches as just these figurehead placeholders. They're almost the Brandon unto themselves, the Dabos, the, the Sabins, the Bobby Bowden's, the, you know, these guys, and they just come in there and just, they're, they're closing the deal. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I get that. So, but is a figurehead if it? I mean, he's gonna lose his job after two years of almost making a bowl game, and that turns me into also. Fine, let's just go for it. How do they turn this team around? So they barely missed bowl. So they missed the bowl game. Obviously, they're right. one. A one win out from missing the bowl game. It comes up, uh, I think, from Max says it's been like two years in a row. Everyone goes back to the bowl game. So that that is the, you know, especially with the college sports movies, you have to kind of set what the bar is. And obviously the bar is, you know, it's not winning a national championship. This team just needs to get to a bowl game. That is our premise for the movie. So they, one of their punt return unit guys starts doing steroids. And they get like this tailback. And now they're a contender. That's all that happened this is, to this team. This is this is something where this is where Doctor Mrs. the Commission snipes in every once in a while. And she yeah. goes, "We're watching this," and she goes, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." So, how does a quarterback on a team that didn't make a bowl game instantly become a Heisman like favorite? And I was like, "Ooh, you stunned me! I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't thinking this <laughs> was going to be on the stunner. test. Coming with the left. I know exactly. I was like, you know what? I've ne- I've watched this like a thousand times. I've never thought about it once. I've just went along, suspension of disbelief or whatever it is. Yeah. I was like, you're right. Joe Kane should not be a Heisman finalist and or or favorite. And to your point, even like, hey, all they added was one guy who was basically splitting time up until the the final game of the final season in Darnell Jefferson. Yeah. With uh, with Ray Griffin, the other tailback, who had like the first game, he had like 12, 12 totes for like thirty seven yards. Yes. So he's not that good. And then yeah, all you have is Latimer who just juices up and just goes like, first off, Latimer's pass rushing skills very one one note. He's all he's all he's a bull rusher. He oh. doesn't have any. Oh yeah. No counters. No nothing. Yeah. They guys dropping right. it down. The weird thing is also like uh, Latimer makes fun of uh, whatever Mac or whatever like for not being smart, but it's like Latimer like has no. I, I do like that scene also when Max like kind of can't be tutored, and then but you yes. see him in the film room and he just like just every that, lineup he sees he's what do you got, boy? No, I was gonna say yeah. that film room scene, that juxtaposition yeah. is great, but that film room scene when he's watching it, like that gets that that hit a young most awesome. Like yeah. I'm gonna run through a wall, yeah, bro. I like know. this is it. Yeah, yeah he's like uh, hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. The next slide, kill everybody. <laughs> kill yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk more about Vladimir. So only having kind of one move and them oh their defense okay so so let's go with the premise they did add this offense and this right so let's say their defense is what gets them there yeah is their defense that good like the mississippi state game like their first game out of the gate like uh, they went 28 to 20 yeah yeah like the, they're not they're not posting shutouts yeah, you know yeah. they're not they're not killing everybody they're not hitting the tight end so hard his girlfriend <laughs> feels it you know what i mean yeah. uh oh i do love that that scene with when alan Mackey first see it and he's just teeing off on the 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 um the running back and just talking a whole bunch of pre uh, shit on the pre pre game snap yeah oh, yeah that's great so he's well that's pre yeah the first or the the pre the pre the pre snap uh yeah games know, or whatever calls, right and he looks at him he's just like you're the, you're the guy that killed my mother he's like man you know I didn't know you he's like I'm coming for right. you he didn't think I'd see you <laughs> and then they, right. they Scary. so here's actually I took notes about that possession also because it's insane so it's the first first possession first snap right uh, so the they, the kick return goes to the 22-yard line. So okay. the 20, oh. 20, yeah, 20, I broke it now. 22-yard line, uh, so they pitch it back. Uh, it's, they pitch it back to the running back that was talk, got all that shit talked to him. Uh, he gets tackled and gets the, bar, uh, the ball jar, jarred loose by Latimer at the right. 16. So then they go out there and 
they immediately like uh, James Conn is like, let's go for the throat. Let's take a shot. So, you know, Joe Kane's just like, absolutely. He's just like, let's put the women and children in bed and go search for dinner. Yep, so yep. they do the snap and he, he rolls. So unless he rolled back, he throws this ball from around like the 34 yard line. So unless he that 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 elusive fourteen step drive, it doesn't ring completely true. Rolling back those twenty yards, and if you look at the ball, like it's not in the air. So there's a little bit, and I know I'm not even trying to jump on this bandwagon. But Bill Simmons wants to be like the czar of you know sports movies shit. Like it's so simple, and it's just to yeah. get these marker things. Like take a little bit of time on like where the ball would be and what is coming. Like you don't have to make it more dramatic. Right, and you know what? This ain't Game of Thrones. It's not like you can't line this stuff up. It's not like you have a million moving pieces trying to figure all this exactly. out. Exactly. What? Are, what? Are put them at the twenty. Put them at the fucking seventeen-yard yeah, line. Yeah, put them wherever you want to. Like, make that right. Work it backwards. Be like, all right, if you want them to throw like a bomb, then make the the first kickoff return from the other team. Like, have them return it like forty-five yards, and then yeah. boom, they're yeah, in exactly. midfield. Like, throw it wherever right, you want. Right. To. Right. It's exactly. Insanity, bro. It's insanity. Uh, all right, the actor that plays Joe Kane looks around 36. Let's talk about it. I want to dip. This is this Let's is part of my it. toughest plot pills to swallow. Yeah. I have a very deep rant on Craig Sheffer, the quarterback, and Joe Kane as a reluctant hero. First off, like I I don't get the 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 Joe Kane story of like he, I get it. He's a drunk. He's from a white trash part of town or whatever. His dad never came to his games. Yeah. You know, his mom left or died or some bullshit like that. Like we've seen it all, but, but you would think that in the season where he, you know, is incredibly increasingly uncomfortable with all the media attention, like you would think he wouldn't start like doing drastic things that would jeopardize him to his teammates. Because if he is this guy, that's a leader and they're, they're, he's the only one that they can follow, you wouldn't sit there and take your motorcycle and like almost jump off the quarry, you know, and almost ride off the quarry and get, do, do get drunk driving, getting into fights. Like, yeah, you might do that in the off season, but when it's game time, like that's your family now. I don't know. I don't see why you're jeopardizing that's, that. That's a, that's a great point, brother. Cause it also rings true to. So if, if you have all these problems at home, like no mom, like the drunk, father whatever like coming up through you know peewee football high school it was like the football team is my family like i'm not gonna let them down they have my back so it's just like i'm gonna go i'm gonna do everything i can it's just like and so this is basically an agglomation like it all is coming together for what he's worked so hard for and to just jump in here and now he's just like just completely reckless with it sounds insane yeah sounds insane right and then standing in front of the train uh, about to jump, yeah. boo. you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. You, you, if your team believes in you so much, then you wouldn't do this off. Now, can I get into Craig Sheffer as a human being, as the person that played Joe Kane? Uh, let's. I, I got one more Joe Kane movie point, and then let's rip him oh, okay. apart as an actual human being. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, okay. Great. Michigan game. Uh, after he's hit, he says, "Just a little headache." I don't think that would hold up like these days. <laughs> like, yeah. like definitely concussion calls. Uh, yeah, so he throws – so this train track thing, and tell me if you caught it differently, this is the night before the Michigan game? Yeah, yeah. So he's hungover as fuck, and, like, he throws right. an interception in the game. You were, you were hungover. What would you expect, bro? Like, don't, don't, don't play the biggest game of your career hungover. Right, and this is the Heisman matchup against Tim, uh, Tim Wayman for, for Michigan. Yeah. Um, drink it before the game. Stand, yeah, I have, going through my notes here. So here's the thing is, is on that interception that gives them the game, when it's all on him, they get the ball back. It is first down. Joe Kane, hey, if you're a good quarterback, throw it away. Don't throw it into yeah. double coverage. Yeah. 
just live to fight another day. <clears throat> That's the other thing is, is and uh, Tim Wayman, excellent from the from Michigan, mm-hmm. excellent stance in the pocket, <laughs> underrated. I like I like Tim Wayman's game. <laughs> Wait, well, can we jump into that? Where are they now? Later, like Wayman, just yeah. like three three weight three rings. I'm not gonna say Tom Brady esque, but it's sure, out there. Sure. Uh, all right, yeah. So let's talk about uh, Joe Kane in real life. What's his acronym? Okay, run, I'm gonna, okay. So Craig Sheffer, he's a quarterback. I went online to like kind of get a little backstory on this guy because I was like, immediately when I looked at him, the tough plot pill for me is, is this guy looks nothing like a real quarterback. Like he looks small, skinny, thin frame. Like I don't get it. And then, uh, and then he, I go online. He lists himself at six two, and I was like, really? That guy's six two? I don't, I don't think. I don't think many of those guys are 6'2". Then I did a little research. I started looking up. Ooh. I was like, let's compare it. Don, I, I found some photos of him in the 80s. Don Johnson, he's standing next to you. He's a little little underneath Don Johnson. Don Johnson's 5'11". Phil Michael Thomas, Tubbs, is 5'9". His, uh, Craig Sheffer's longtime girlfriend, Gabby, Gabrielle Anwar, is 5'3". He's not a foot taller than her in these pictures. So my best estimation is, Craig Sheffer, you're like 5'10", a buck, 75, buck 65. And a bigger point, uh, you're also a liar. You're also a fucking liar. <laughs> well, here's, here's the next big fucking lie, because I read an oral history to kind of research for this as well, too. Craig Sheffer says, he's like, oh, I won this gig. The, the the role because I went out into like the Warner Brothers lot and just was throwing bombs baby like sixty five yard bombs and that like four, three four times mm-hmm. okay hair stands up on the yeah. back of my neck I was like really and then I was like I was like let's let's look up for context I was like Joe Flacco's got a big arm he throws a big deep ball he threw it seventy four yards in the college uh, quarterback uh, throw off Matt Ryan who's like six five. I know three inches taller than uh, Craig Sheffer, but he only threw it 62 yards. So come on, Craig Sheffer. You think you're throwing it 65 yards in the fucking parking lot? And then uh, the the director even said, like, Craig wanted to stand in and do all of his stunts. He really wanted to be immersed in it. They wouldn't let him do it because he was like, eh, his throwing motion was a little weird. <laughs> so, so, And then the wow. one time he does get in and they, they run, because they were doing, like, real hitting in this. They were running it like real football simulations. Yeah. And... Uh, the one time he does let him do it, he uh, was in a neck brace for like two weeks after barely getting touched. Yeah. So, liar, dick. I don't know. What's more like? What's more of a burn? Like, the Super Bowl audience watching you not be able to get up on the Philadelphia stage while you're trying. Hashtag Kevin Hart. Or like your director coming out and being like, <laughs> "You have such an awkward throwing motion. We're gonna have to hire a stunt double." Yikes. Right. Yeah. The point is just like okay. So let's say I, I mean I'm not going. This sounds like a drunk Brandon. Bad. It's just like I can throw 65 yards. Bring me out to the beach. I'll show you. But it's right. Is there ever a wide shot of him throwing the ball that far? There's no. There's no like hail mary shot in the movie. Like it's like when I was an actor in L.A. and on my resume I'd put like you know like special skills. It's like long distance running. Like is someone gonna do like one continuous shot of you running for like 12 minutes straight? Like. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you're just you're just you're just bolstering stuff to make that to, to fill out that resume a little bit, just padding it. I mean, yeah, I, it doesn't I, make I, sense. I I don't know why Craig would do this. Uh, I I think the reason he did it is because of his crazy widow speak and his hairline. That's all. That's all. That's all I think. <laughs> Roasted. Uh, all right. Yeah. Favorite favorite lines, buddy. What do you got? Ooh. Um, anything by Alvin Mack. I mean, sure. Can we just say that right now? Uh, fuck you, doughboy. I can read. See this shoe here? It says Adidas. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> Why does it? The shoe does say Adidas, right? It does say. I'm pretty sure. I didn't look. Yeah. He brought it. He brought it up low on the table. It's hard to see. 
And, he's, and then he Latimer did. had the ha, Latimer had the comeback. I taught him that. Yep. Yeah, Latimer, uh, pretty good, you know, comic relief. But then yep. two docked points for attempted rape. All right, uh, Latimer, <laughs> right. starting defense, a place at the table. I love that line. Uh, one one thing's like a okay. So they, so go to your Mac lines. Uh, kill everybody. Like let's kill everybody. Let the paramedics sort them out. Yeah. Did that line that line existed before this movie, right? I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I just remember it distinctly from there. It, this movie like, coined that, like, bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Okay, so this is my absolute favorite. Okay, okay. Good. I'll give you my – I'm not going to get to my absolute favorite. Yeah, one more. Um, <laughs> so I had a legit spit take on this. I put this in my notes when I watched it, like, uh, the second time. We're going to ring the championship bell. Ding fucking dong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that right now too. Sh- like, shoving- ding <laughs> motherfucking dong. Shoving the f bomb in between hyphenated or compound words, like, man, that is always going to be a home run for me. <laughs> uh, and then my my absolute favorite one that I remembered after the first time I saw this, whatever, like when. It, Someone's making eyes at Joe Kane, and then the guy comes over there and he's like, "You think my girl's hot for you, or something?" And he just looks at him like just straight face. He's like, "I don't know, probably." <laughs> so good. Such it is good. It is. See, they should have made him. They should have made him a heel and just have that be his note all the way through. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I did. I did like that Sam Winters and and I put in my notes that. Uh, so Sam Winters, the coach, is, is uh, James Conn, that he kept calling it NC2A, the whole the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing, yeah. which is like, that's not a thing. But I kind of I kind of envision like someone trying to correct James Conn. And he was like, I was in the fucking Godfather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, totally. let me let me say it the way I want to say it. The, the only thing I didn't hit is uh, I just I was realizing that I didn't hit like how much that starting actress looks like Demi Moore. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Yes. Ruined. Chrissy Swanson. Ruined whatever her did she have a career did she do other shit yeah well she went back to being a blonde i mean she was in buffy the vampire slayer she then did oh, okay. she was in big daddy she was like the girlfriend that dumped adam sandler in the beginning the beautiful oh Chrissy my Swanson. god that's right yeah yeah big daddy, yeah. Big, daddy. Big, big daddy my top 50 movies Ooh, that, that might be one. really i really i really enjoy some big daddy all right buddy uh let's wrap this up the most anticipated of the program if you guys want us to tackle one on date night shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com uh where are they now anybody you want to talk about oh yes uh I, darnell jefferson i looked it up so he would have graduated like night he probably would have entered in early maybe uh that 96 97 draft i sure. think he kind of has like a tiki barber-esque you know, the wide receiving, getting him in space back with uh, some, you know, Hall of Fame 10,000 yards. I like nice. I like him as the best the best pro pot product out there. Man, I had I went the opposite direction. I said uh, probably a Trent Richardson-like career. That's Ooh, where, really? Flame yeah. out. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. This didn't pan out. Um, Latimer, where's our, where's our boy? Latimer is a, a combine monster in 94. Mm-hmm. Probably gets this as a fourth rounder because they're like, oh, this is a one-hit wonder. Flames out clearly. <laughs> sure. And then, uh, and then uh, goes, opens up a gym, gets busted for running a steroid ring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's something steroid-esque. Maybe a few other misdemeanors in there as well, too, <laughs> or, I mean, or you felonies. Would, you would think so. Uh, Joe Kane, what kind of career does he have? Huge bust. I, I wrote <laughs> down white trash Manziel. <laughs> Although I could see him like the Redemption Act 
Ryan Leaf-esque, you know, like rummaging for pills and bottles and stuff like that, and then goes on a speaking engagement Ooh, tour and yeah, telling all about, talking all about that. That's good. Um, all right. They don't really make football movies anymore. You think about this. Like, there's not like a lot. Of, I, I just remember getting that feeling of just kind of, you know, that first game, and it's just like it's fun to watch a game within a game. Like you see kind of the kickoff, and then like they're coming down, and it's just like, oh, that's exciting. I can't yeah. remember the last like football movie I've gotten up for that I've been excited. That's existed. No, exactly. And it's it's one of those things where I also want to think toughest plot pill to swallow. ECU, the the college that they're that they're all at. What kind of what conference are they in? They play Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, yeah, Michigan. Michigan. Like yeah. who 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 the fuck are they playing? <laughs> Iowa. They played Iowa. It's crazy. Um, I think Alvin Mack. I think he's like a top like assistant gets floated around. Maybe comes back here. The sequel to the program comes back to ESU after it, it just bottoms out. Sam Winters, all the scandals comes out, and here comes Alvin Mack coming back to save him. Love it, buddy. Love it. All right, real fast. We'll do this. It never works out. Let's okay. make oh, this. We didn't even mention Halle Berry in this at all. I oh. just wanted to, uh, the audience to realize Halle Berry is in this fucking movie, and we didn't even mention her. <laughs> that is, Autumn Haley. That is, that is really insane. She's in this, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I did have that. Oh, man, we just run out of time. Uh, I did. Didn't he, Omar Epps, got a uh, better score on his placement test than Halle Berry's father? Like, no. In the story, yes, and he kept no, no, his no. scores in his helmet. Yeah, yeah. And it right. ain't, ain't happening. Ain't the doctor, she introduced him as doctor. Yeah. Don't think so. Autumn Haley, where are you now? Corporate America. She's like a senior VP in HR or something. Ding fucking dong. Uh, all right, buddy, let's try to rate this one to five air horns. Okay, ready? Yep. One, two, three. <laughs> wow. That's like a thousand. Infinite air horns? Right. Do you watch this movie like once a year? No, I don't. I actually know. Uh, Sam, Dr. Mrs. The Commission was like, Ugh, let's, let's hurry this up. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I watched it enough when I was a kid that it was like it, it was like a homecoming. It was like uh, coming back to uh, a special place in my time of life. All right, guys. We finally got you the program as you wanted. Another very delightful, most awesome and brandana date night. If you guys got a movie you want us to watch, we'd love to hear it. We'll jump into it. Uh, Going to fire off a lot more this summer as sports slow down. Shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Brother, let's start our MVPs and close this mother out. Who do you, you got? I'm going to go. With obviously, I talked about uh, sis in law to Dr. Mrs. The Commission. Yeah. I, uh, but I'm also gonna hit up with those Scripps Howard Spelling Bee champs, the Ocho, the 92nd <laughs> annual winners. Eight of them, eight ties. I'm not even gonna get, uh, I'm not even gonna try and pronounce their names, uh, because I, I, I would do them injustice in doing so. But they are fantastic, those 13 year olds, uh, out there. Congrats, you're my MVPs of the week. Nice. I'm going to take uh, UConn shortstop Anthony Prado. Hope I'm pronouncing this right. Did you see th- Did you see this play? Oh, I, I do not know this. So uh, you look up uh, UConn college baseball, Anthony Prado. It'll be the first thing. I'm that familiar. Up. What's up, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. I was okay. making a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's basically third baseman loses like a kind of a, a pop-up around like uh, where the base coach stands on the third base side. Loses it in the sun, and it's coming down. The shortstop realizes – Anthony's just like, this guy doesn't know where the fuck this ball's at. So the third baseman doesn't move, losing the sun, and the shortstop dives behind him and, like, scoops it out from, like, his feet and still, like, makes the catch. Ooh, it's like, I, I like anything. it. Yeah, it looks – it's nice. It's a treat. Guys, this has been MAB Sports Podcast, episode 66. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for diving in. Let a friend know. Give us that rating. Pass it on. Shoot us an email. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Pod mapping dog. <laughs> Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion. Oh.